Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress.
What does your faith look like when the unexpected strikes? A health diagnosis, a sudden loss, a broken marriage, a financial disappointment. Faith is the confidence that God will act on our behalf. According to your faith, there can be healing for your body, mind, and soul, hope for your future, restoration of your identity, redemption of what was lost, provision when you're in need. Imagine what God could do according to your faith. Well, good afternoon, City of Life Church. How are you doing today? Yeah, doing good. I'm Pastor Amy. My husband and I are the senior pastors of this beautiful church. And you look amazing today. It's like nice and full in here and worship was amazing. You're already glowing. Isn't that the point? Come into the presence of the Lord and you start looking different already. So we're just glad that you decided to come worship with us today. We are starting a brand new series like that bumper was telling you. It is called According to Your Faith. And we're gonna take a couple of weeks and really dive into this concept and this idea of what Jesus showed us in the Gospels. In his ministry, all throughout the times that Jesus would get in conversation with people who needed a miracle, they would say, Jesus, will you do something for me? And then he said to them, well, be it unto you according to your faith. So when he would ask them, what would you like me to do for you? They had a confident and clear answer. If blind Bartimaeus would have said something different than wanting healing, he may have gotten a different outcome. But he knew he wanted a healing from Jesus. He knew he wanted to see. So this idea today is gonna challenge you in the, over the next couple of weeks is like, where is your faith? It's a great opportunity to examine the, the, the climate of your spiritual life and figure out, are you in fact walking in strong faith? Or has your faith weakened because of trials and circumstances in your life? But this, I feel, is a great opportunity to stir up the faith, which the Bible tells us is our responsibility. Stir up the gift, stir up the faith in our lives, remind ourselves who God is, what he's done, so that we can do exactly what we're called to do. The Bible tells us, as men and women of God, it says, it commands, the just shall live by faith. That means those who are redeemed and justified because your faith in Jesus, we are called to live by faith. Not just have faith on Sunday mornings, not just have faith when we really need something from God, but day in and day out, live by faith. So we're gonna dive into this subject today a little bit deeper. Today I'm gonna focus this teaching on healing. 
And I knew this was the perfect time. I shared some of this with our Zoe ladies, but I haven't publicly shared from my perspective some of the journey our family has been on since Jude's diagnosis in January of this year. So it's a little bit of a vulnerable teaching, a little bit, um, you know, still sensitive, if you will. I even asked Jude after first service, I said, hey, is everything that I said all right with you? I just wanted to check because I'm just gonna tell you from my perspective, I know God will use his testimony in a mighty way, already has and will continue to do so. But I just checked with him, hey, is everything okay that I said? And he said, yeah. He said it was totally fine. I know God used it, but it still makes me a little bit emotional. I said, well, yeah, me too. It's still so fresh. It's still, we're still in it a little bit. We're not on the other side yet. So if you will allow me to be vulnerable and transparent and honest, maybe even show a little weakness, and I would hope that's okay in church. Is that all right? Okay, just to be real people. Um, and uh, so we'll just pray as we start this teaching. Lord, I just thank you for your presence. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're already doing in this place. I sense your, your spirit moving and searching our hearts. Lord, our desire is to be more like you. And in this series and in this teaching, God, show us more of what faith really is. Shine your light on areas of doubt and fear in our lives so that we can illuminate it and allow your light to, to shine bright, God, so that we can, we can grow in those areas and reflect who you are in a greater way, God. Strengthen us today. Use this message. Use me as a vessel. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this year has been the most challenging year for my family's life. In January of 2023, we went to what we thought was just a specialist appointment to find out some uh, details of why Jude was having difficulty getting over what seemed like a prolonged sickness. We knew there were several um, things that he was facing that were challenging health-wise. Um, not really putting details together, we came to a regular staff meeting on January 10th, and we knew we had a specialist appointment later that afternoon, around 1 o'clock. And so um, Jude went to a few of his uh, classes. He was in his senior year. And we met up in the uh, admin parking lot and went to an appointment that I thought worst case scenario, they would say that Jude has asthma. And if you've been around over the last year, you know that that, in fact, was not the case. That through several tests that they ran and through um, and being able to see something on an x-ray uh, the day of that appointment, I got the call that no one ever wants to get. The call that you think you personally will definitely never get. And it's the call that the doctor told me that our son had a mass in his chest and it was seen on an x-ray and she asked me to 
turned my car around immediately. We were headed home. And in utter shock, I said, you mean right now? And she's like, yes, mom, right now. I was like, not tomorrow. She's like, no, it's kind of urgent. So we turn around, we go back, and just within a few hours and a few more tests, the doctor comes in and says the words, you never want to hear, your son has cancer. This, for me, was not only the most devastating thing, not only was it completely shocking, again, thinking it would never be my family, certainly would never be Mr. Jude. Mr. Jude is special. He has been since he was little. Our family, if, if it's okay for me to say, we're pastors. We're in ministry. Our life is, is lived for the call of God to be strong in our faith so we can be strong for those that we shepherd and lead. It, it doesn't make sense that it would be us, God. But they tell us that Jude has cancer. It was a defining moment in my faith. It was a defining moment in who I am as a child of God. And it reminds me of a story that's in Daniel 3. You might know the story. You probably are familiar with it. And these guys have the most difficult names in all of the Bible, and it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I've heard it pronounced many different ways, by the way. How do you say it? Abednego. Abed and go. Okay, I'm just going to call them the three Hebrew boys. Just save all that. So these three young men in Daniel 3... The evil king, Nebuchadnezzar, he sets out a decree, and he says, at this specific day, at this specific time, a trumpet will sound, and everyone in the kingdom is commanded to bow their knee to a false god, to bow their knee and worship a false image. And you know the story, the trumpet sounds, everyone in the kingdom bows their knee except these three Hebrew boys. They're defiant in the face of danger. They're defiant regardless of the consequence. And they know they will not bow their knee to a false image. They will worship no other God but the one true living God. So Nebuchadnezzar comes to them, confronts them, and says, maybe you didn't hear me correctly. Maybe the news didn't get to you. You do realize you will die and you will be thrown into this fiery furnace if you do not bow your knee. I'm going to give you another chance. And in fact, I'm going to turn the heat up to make you really think about what you're about to do. So he turns the heat up, sounds the trumpet again, and they refuse to bow. And you know the end of the story, that there are songs written about it, if you've heard it in kids' church, that God saves them. They're thrown into the furnace. They come out, and the Bible says, not even smelling like smoke. They're so protected and so covered that they come out of this devastating situation, and they are actually now a living testimony to who God truly is. 
But there was that defining moment in their lives, that moment that the trumpet sounded. They had a choice to make. They had to decide, will I bow my knee or will I take a stand for God? Will I bow my knee or will I be a man of faith? Similar to that moment, I heard those defining words. Your son has cancer. The biggest trial with the potential horrible consequences, I had a defining choice to make. Will I bow my knee or am I really a woman of faith? But we can learn from this story in Daniel 3. I have learned from this story in Daniel 3. Because these men are talked about in the Bible, not because it's some fantasy, not because it's some fairy tale story, but because this really happened. Their faith was really tried. And they stood for their God. So today, if we're talking about faith, and we're examining who we are, I have four things that we are going to declare today in our lives about who we are. We're gonna learn these four things from these three Hebrew boys as to what caused them and gave them the ability to in the face of insurmountable danger and consequence be able to still stand for their God. Number one, this is our declaration today. I know who I am. Can you say that today? Say, I know who I am. You know what's interesting is if we, when we really think about the story, there is no possible way that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the only ones who had a relationship with God, the living God. They are not the only ones who had faith and belief in who he was but yet they're the only ones who didn't bow. Everyone else had the exact same choice. Everyone else followed what culture was doing. Everyone else allowed the, the, the fear of what the consequence could be to cause them to relinquish who they really were. But these three boys, they had that moment, and they said to the king, you can blow that trumpet again, you can turn that furnace up hotter, but I know who I am. I am a child of God. See, in our lives, we can often be faced with the same type of thing. Maybe your moment is different than our moment. Maybe it's not a moment of diagnosis, but maybe it's a moment of loss of a loved one. Maybe it's a moment of betrayal, or maybe it's a financial situation, a job loss, a business opportunity that fell through. Maybe it's the loss of your marriage, these are those defining moments, as if the trumpet 
was sounding, and you're left with a choice to make. Will you bow your knee, or will you remember who you really are? Will you remember that God says that you're blessed, that God says that there is a promise of redemption and restoration in your life? See, to bow your knee in those situations would be as if to say, there's no hope for me. There's nothing better. My life is ruined. Because of this, there is nothing on the other side. This will take me out and ultimately steal my faith. Which is what the enemy wants, by the way. The enemy doesn't want to just make your life miserable. You realize that, right? He is way more sophisticated in his idea of what he wants to do. You know what he wants to do? The Bible tells us to kill, steal, and destroy. That doesn't mean just make you uncomfortable. That doesn't mean just cause you a little frustration. He wants your faith. He wants you to doubt that God is in fact real. He wants you to doubt that you have a call on your life, that you're anointed, that you're set apart. That's what this moment was for these Hebrew boys. It was a moment that they could decide to relinquish their faith or trust in who God had called them to be. Can you say, I know who I am? Number two, I have made up my mind. Can you say that? See, the king threatened to turn up the heat and gave them one more chance, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Nothing was going to change their mind. They already knew what decision they were going to make, regardless of what anyone said. That's true faith. That's true reliance on the Lord. See, the battle, the Bible is really clear that the battle is not just flesh and blood. The battle is not just circumstance. It's in the spirit realm. That's why fear is what wants to replace faith in our lives. And where does that fear start? In your mind. It's the scenarios we run in our minds. It's contemplating how difficult situations could end up being and deciding it's not worth taking a stand in faith, it's much easier to bow your knee. It's much easier to just do what everyone else is doing. It's much easier to just go with the flow. But these boys decided in advance, you can't change my mind. I know who I serve. I know who I will worship. It does not matter what you threaten me with. It doesn't matter what diagnosis comes my way. It doesn't matter what horrible things come my way. I will serve the one true living God, and I will not bow my knee to fear. Fear wants to replace faith. When we focus on fear, we are not allowing faith to be 
like the Bible tells us, the way that we live. The just must live by faith. Um, I told this in, uh, at Zoe night, and it's a little comical, but it, I think you can identify with it if you go with me. Maybe not all men love Amazon as much as women, but can we just all agree Amazon has changed all of our lives for the better, right? 48-hour shipping, guys, it just, I mean, those packages just show up so fast, it's kind of scary, let's be honest. But in the hospital, it just seemed as if things were, not seemed as if, they, everything was absolutely happening so fast. I mean, that evening, once we got the diagnosis, it, it was probably around like 1 a.m., and they walk us to what will be our room for the next 12 days in the oncology unit. They wouldn't even allow him to go home because they wanted to start treatment so quickly. Within days, he's having a biopsy. He's getting a PICC line put in. He's having his first chemo treatment. All of this started happening so quickly and everything felt completely out of control. Have you ever felt that way before? Things just happening so fast. So many things outside of your control. And the first response that I had is not knowingly, but it felt comforting in some way to feel as if I could have control over at least some things or one thing in particular. And that was my Amazon cart. They probably should have like turned the Wi-Fi off in our room or something. But I knew a lot of things when we got home were gonna look different after those 12 days. We didn't even know how long we were going to be in the hospital. But I knew he was going to be finished with his first round of chemo. And I knew to anticipate several things. I knew that he would not be able to be in his bedroom upstairs, so him and Zoe had to switch. I knew we needed medical supplies. I knew I wanted him to be as comfortable as possible, all with good intentions, all actual practical things we needed. But I was allowing that fear in my mind to start making me want to control the situation. It wasn't evil, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't reliant on God. I was allowing my mind to start coming up with things that I could do to make the situation better. Which is okay to be a caretaker, but what's dangerous is when you are putting your faith in that and not in the promise of God. I started focusing more on what I could control than allowing God to take control. And he dealt with me on it. My first day that I left the hospital, it was probably day eight after a, a very long time being in the hospital. Maybe I even avoided it to some degree, uh, being alone with my thoughts, alone with my emotions, and just me and God. And it's the hardest I cried the whole time is on my way from Nemours to my house. I just 
it, it all hit me at once. And I realized that in my efforts to control things, I wasn't even allowing myself to feel things. I wasn't allowing myself to hear, I hope you hear this, to realize the kind of faith I actually needed because I was in control of certain circumstances. But God was like, you wanna let me control this? You wanna stop trying to figure out what you can figure out to make yourself feel better? See, it was all kind of making me feel better. You know what else does that? Substance abuse. You know what else does that? Inappropriate relationships. Addictions of any kind. It could be shopping, it could be alcohol, it could be a number of things. But see, fear wants us to stay numb and to stay in a faux sense of control. But faith operates completely different. It's setting your mind on things above. My Amazon cart was not setting my mind on things above. I was so preoccupied with everything I could figure out, I wasn't even allowing myself to see the beautiful things that God wanted to take control of and care of. If you are numbing yourself from the pain, you're just avoiding it altogether and not allowing God to heal the emotions that you really have or ease the fear that's already taken root in your mind. You're just forgetting that that fear even exists. And it will rob you of your faith. And I'll remind you, the just shall live by faith, not operate in fear. Can you say, I have made up my mind? <laughs> Did that baby say, I made up my mind? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> It's connecting. Hey, that's awesome. I do want to read this scripture before I move on. 2 Timothy 1.7. You know it. I just want to remind you of it. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Amplified Version says a calm and well-balanced mind. How can you make up your mind in advance? You can... The test could be, do you have a calm and well-balanced mind right now? In the face of fear, can you still have a calm and well-balanced mind? Absolutely. If you choose to set your mind on things above, choose to set your mind on what God has for you. Number three. This is my favorite point of the whole thing. I almost saved it for fourth, but then just fit better as third. Number three, I have faith. Can you say that today? I have faith. Amen. I have faith. The Bible in Daniel 3, verse 15, it says, this is King Nebuchadnezzar saying, this is the moment where he was like, okay, I'm going to give you another chance. He says, now if you're ready, when you hear the sound, you know what to do. You bow your knee and you worship. If you don't, you'll be thrown in to the furnace at once. I love their response. They say, oh king, we don't even need to answer you. If it be so, our God whom we serve 
is able to rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will rescue us from your hand. Their bold declaration of faith was that he will deliver them. He didn't, they didn't care what the king said. They didn't care that he was taunting them with a more severe consequence. They didn't care what it looked like in the natural. They knew their God would deliver them. See, faith in Hebrews 11.1, 1, this is the definition of faith. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the evidence that we have of what God can and will do regardless of what it looks like. One of my favorite illustrations or explanations of faith came from my Bible school teacher in the Philippines. And she explained it in this way. She said, your faith is like a receipt. It's a receipt. So if you were to go to a business and tell them, hey, I purchased something here and I would like a refund or I would like to exchange something, what is the first thing they're going to ask for? Your receipt. Why? Because it's your proof that you purchased something. It's your proof that you're owed something or that something belongs to you. Your faith is your proof that something was purchased for you. It's your proof of what belongs to you. Your Faith is what you can see with your spirit eye. Not, it should not be based on what you see in the natural. See, in the natural, things can look one way. For us, in the hospital, I saw my son, who was very sick. I saw the scan of the massive tumor in his chest. I saw the terminology, the diagnosis, the treatment plan, the chemo being hooked up to his body, the promise of adverse effects, but not necessarily the promise of healing. I saw him struggling with nausea. I, I saw him struggling with nerve pain things that were breaking my heart. But that's what I saw in the natural. But my spirit sees something else. My spirit, my faith, the evidence I'm choosing to look at is the fact that Jude is healed is the fact that Jude will be cancer-free. It's the fact that he will live a long, abundant, beautiful life to testify of the goodness of God. In the hospital, I saw one thing. At home, as he was declining, I saw one thing. But in my spirit, I choose to see something entirely different. 
your situation may be very similar. You may see a relationship that is falling apart. We don't have to to lie to ourselves and say, oh, he doesn't have cancer, he doesn't have cancer, we're happy, everything's fine. Faith isn't blind, it just sees a certain way. It sees things differently. I have faith because I know the promises of God are yes and amen. I know his faithfulness. I know him to be a man of his word. I know my Bible says that I'm the healed of the Lord. I know that I have favor and redemption and restoration and blessing and healing because of what was purchased for me, regardless of what I see in the natural. And that is what faith is really like. In your life, What have you been looking at in the natural that now you need to challenge yourself to see differently in the spirit? Do you see that restored marriage? Do you see that business flourishing? Do you see that child coming home, that loved one giving their heart to the Lord, that healing taking place, that brokenness on the inside of you finally healing so you can have joy again? The addiction breaking off of your life? What you see in the natural is one thing, but faith sees with the eye of the Spirit. Can you say, I have faith? Number four, my faith is not determined by outcomes. Can you say that? My faith is not determined by outcomes. These three Hebrew boys, they say something that I think is probably one of the most vulnerable things ever said in the Bible. They, with full confidence and faith and assurance, they tell the king, we're not going to bow because our God will deliver us. But then they say this, but even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, he could have, even if he doesn't, we're not bowing our knee. We're not worshiping something false. We're not giving in to temptation. We're not giving in to the lies of the enemy. I'm still going to serve my God. My faith is not determined by outcomes. That is not a popular thing to preach. Because you know what? We don't all get the outcome that we ultimately want. Jude's prognosis is very good right now. And we are rejoicing. We are, we are confident. We, we are almost on the other side of it. You can help us pray. November 15th is a date circled on an actual calendar and in my mind of the day we're going to hear that he is cancer-free. But not everyone gets that answer. Not everyone gets the miracle they had hoped for. Is it okay to be real? Because I'm looking at a group of people. I know some of your stories. I know the heartbreak you've gone through. I know the disappointment you have faced. I know 
that some of you were challenged in your faith in an even greater way than we were. These Hebrew boys were thrown in the furnace, and they got their miracle. But with full confidence, regardless, they were not going to bow their knee. They were going to serve their God no matter what. And you know what? I've had to answer in my own life, is that who I really am? Do I have that kind of faith in God? Like Job, he says, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. If Jude didn't get the miracle, could I still trust he's good? Could I still trust that God is faithful? And ultimately, I've personally come to the conclusion in my life, I have no other choice. He's all I have. The life without him that I imagine is so empty, so pointless, so hopeless. That's not a life I'm interested in. That's not a life that I would ever turn to. He is faithful and he is too good. I would never bow my knee to something false and empty. My challenge to you today is that your faith, it can't be tethered to specific outcomes. Untether it right now if it is and say, God, regardless of what happens, I'm going to serve you. Regardless of what the outcome is, you're still good. You're so good that you have eternity waiting for me. If that was it, it's more than enough. The things in this life are just, the Bible even tells us it's a fleeting moment. It's just, it's so quick. But we get eternity with him forever. And the sacrifice of Jesus, I'm not saying this because I've come to some, you know, pinnacle of who I am as a woman of God. I'm saying this because it takes vulnerability to get to that place in your faith to say, God, regardless, I'm yours. Regardless, I trust you. You're the only one who could do it anyway. So do what you will. Have your way. I want your will, not mine. And I challenge you today. That's what true faith is. Is getting to that place where you can just trust him no matter what. Trust him with everything. Because you know what? My life without him would look so drastically different. The joy he gives us in the middle of our trials. The peace only he can give in the middle of the situation that is devastating. I can't imagine. We, we said this in the hospital to each other over and over. We still 
kind of have echoed it is I literally can't imagine going through what our family has been going through without the hope of Jesus. Without the confidence of knowing he's, he's going to take care of us. Without his joy, without his peace. I just want to read this verse. I just feel like there's such beauty and hope and healing in it. If you'll really listen to it and know, and let this be like your heart cry to God. This is David in one of his psalms, but I just, as I'm reading it, maybe it could just be something that softens your heart. If maybe you've had a hardened heart because maybe you didn't get the outcome you wanted. And you have allowed it to weaken your faith. Maybe right now your faith could be stirred and strengthened again and challenged. and You could put your hope in the right place. Psalm 139 says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. He's so present, he's so near, he's so intimate. He cares about the details of your life. And that's why we can have confidence if we allow ourselves to have faith regardless of the outcome. Because it's it's in him. It's in who he is. Not what he does, who he is. Could we just bow our heads for a moment? I would love to pray for you today, specifically first. I would love to pray for anyone here who is in need of a physical healing. I feel faith for healing today and for miracles. Just as Jesus asked, he said, what do you want me to do for you? And with confidence, in need of a miracle, Even blind Bartimaeus, he was like, God, I want to see. I got to see. Today, I ask you the same thing. What do you want God to do for you? What area of healing do you need? First, I want to focus on healing and physical bodies. If that is you, quickly, would you just lift your hand? I just want to join my faith with you. I want to see who you are. I see those hands. I'm believing with you today hands in every section. 
Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now for these hands that are lifted. Lord, this is a moment that I believe faith is rising. I believe faith is being stirred and strengthened. That we know that your word declares that you are the God who healeth thee. That is a definitive statement, that you are a healer. You are Jehovah Rapha. And I speak right now in the name of Jesus, full of faith, that you are going to move across this building and that you are going to touch bodies in a supernatural way. You are the miracle worker. It doesn't matter what the diagnosis is. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is. Our faith is in the fact that you bore stripes upon your back so that we could be healed. And we confess that healing right now in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter if it's cancer, migraines, Crohn's disease. It doesn't matter if it's anxiety, things that are plaguing us in our physical body. Lord, I declare and I decree healing in the mighty name of Jesus. Miracles in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Even hormonal issues being solved right now in Jesus' name. We just speak to every cell, every bone, every joint in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. You are a healer. Thank you, Father. And now I'd just like to pray for anyone who Maybe you've struggled with your faith. I didn't pray about this in first service, but I just feel it strong right now for this group. It could just be one person, but maybe your faith has been weakened by disappointing circumstances. And I just wanna join my faith with yours that this would be a defining moment. It's as if that trumpet is sounding and you're choosing, maybe one time you bowed your knee but now you're choosing to take a stand. If that's you, would you just quickly lift your hand? No one's looking around. Pastor Amy, just pray for me today. Amen. Hands going up everywhere. You know what? My faith has been challenged. I've had to rely on the Holy Spirit in such a unique way in this season. I fully understand where you are, but you know what? I believe this teaching and this time it's calling you higher. It's calling you to a new place. Lord, I just thank you right now for all of those who are asking God for you to stir their faith and to strengthen them. Lord, see right now, God, their willingness to take a stand. Lord, just like the disciples, they said, Lord, they asked that their faith be strengthened. They asked that they would have more faith. God, I thank you that you would just pour out your spirit, God, where there's been fear residing, that it would not have a place in our lives any longer, and faith would be restored. Faith would take over, that we would choose to see with the eyes of the spirit man, that we would see healing, restoration, Lord, protection, anointing. We would see who we really are in your eyes, God, and that can change everything. Then when we have a confidence in the love and the acceptance that you have, God, Lord, I thank you that that can increase our faith. The enemy wants us to question who we are, but God, that you would speak louder right now and declare over them that they are a man and 
and a woman of God. They are full of faith. They are full of your anointing, God. They have a call. They have a purpose. They have a destiny yet to be attained, God. And we just thank you for that, God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And just before we leave, I just want to give an opportunity, just one more call to action, that if you have never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, never even taken that first step of faith, here's your moment. I want to pray with you just again maybe even watching online if that's you you could type in the chat say I need Jesus if you're here in the room would you quickly just lift your hand just say Pastor Amy that's me I need Jesus amen thank you Lord thank you Father church would you repeat after me with those that have their hands lifted Heavenly Father I believe that you are the one true living God and Jesus I believe you died for me on the cross rose again in three days so that I could have eternal life I put my faith in you today I put my trust in you today I am saved and from now on I put Jesus first and Jesus always in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you, church family. Can we just celebrate with those who made that decision today? I believe miracles are going to break out in Jesus' name. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.